Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. North Melbourne now with Horn Francis. Here he is, the young man, the gun. Goes to Hugo Hagen, who puts all his skill on display. Pick one. The NAB AFL Draft. On the Sporting Capital, welcome to Future Stars. Ah, yes, indeed. What a thrill this is. Brand new program, part of the Sporting Capital, Future Stars for Bravo Management. We are going to not only look at the kids who are trying to get draft ready and realise their dream and get onto an AFL list, but we're going to get you draft ready as well by helping you learn more about the process of getting drafted, what goes into the recruiting, what the players are going through into the build-up to that fateful day. Uh, We're going to encompass it all on future stars for Bravo management. Uh, one person I couldn't think of anyone better to do it with uh, than a man who's been the manager to the stars of some of the biggest names in the game. He's nurtured them from day one right through their careers. Liam Pickering, hello, mate. Good to be here, Sammy. And uh, it's going to be good to have a little chat about the, uh, the future AFL players. We've got a mid-season draft coming up in about three weeks' time. So yes. it's not far at all until uh, we're getting our first look at some new players. Uh, and then, of course, the national draft at the back end of the year. So it's an exciting time for the young players. It is. And, and I reckon every time draft comes around, we start to get the questions from people that they want to know more about who these young guys are. It's something that I think that goes so well in the NFL and the NBA. The NFL in particular, because they spend about four years in college, they get to know them, so they know them well before. We don't quite have that set up here. So the the idea of this show is to try and introduce us to as many uh, of the talent coming through the pathway that hopefully are going to end up on an AFL list, but also learn a little bit more about what goes in to getting ready to the draft, to, to, to the clubs and what they do pre-draft, to um, academy managers, you name it. We're going we're gonna to try and find out about all of it. Well, there's plenty going on. That, that's the reality. We've had already had a month or five weeks now of, of, of NAB League, which is the Victorian-based stuff. The, the South Australia in the Sandfall, the Waffle, they're all going strong. Uh, and, of course, they've got the Futures games going on as well. So the year after next draft. So th- there's a lot happening at the moment during the school holidays. They played 16s, uh, which is next year or the year after next. <laughs> so there's a lot happening at the moment in footy. Uh, the other part of that, though, is is your side of that. Um, because every player that's going to go through this journey and, and be sitting there hoping to have their name read out on draft day, and then when the career gets started, uh, they all these days need a manager. That's where you come in. What is happening at, in at, in your neck of the woods, in your part of the world, all from, from the start of the year all the way up until that draft period? What are you guys doing? Well, it's it's the identification of talent. That's one that's one part of it. It's the, getting the ability to actually sign them. There's that many agents out there at the moment. There's about a hundred of them. So everyone knows who the good kids are. Kids do pop up. There are, there are guys that haven't been on radars or all of a sudden at the top of lists. Uh, so that does happen. And Let's not forget, we've hardly seen kids play for two years. That was going to be my next question. Well, there is. Yeah, well, you're always thinking ahead, Sammy. But <laughs> yeah, you've always got the scenario of a player that comes on. Yeah. And there's also the real good 16-year-old that just goes backwards. 
Now, I feel for the, the last couple of years' groups because of lack of footy, and I'm sure we haven't seen as many AFL new players because of list sizes, and we'll get an expert on to talk about that side of the, of the equation in a minute. But I think where it's really important is just getting out and watching and watching as much as possible. Now, now it's not ideal. I've got James Pitcher that works with me full-time. We're getting to as many games as we can. We're dealing with recruiting managers all the time, talent ID guys, yeah, scouts, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's where we're getting a lot of intel from as a manager. Uh, and we're not the only ones, obviously, because you develop relationships. I've been doing this for 20 years. That's my 21st year of doing it. So you develop... Oh, happy a, birthday. A, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to have a, a big 21st <laughs> you know, in, uh, in November this year. So you've year. been I'm, doing it longer than, some of the, than these kids have been alive. Than all of them. Yeah. All of you, as Bomber Thompson would say. All of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I've been doing it a long time. But so a lot of the recruiters. They've been doing it longer than me. So, yeah, you develop those relationships. But it is... It's an exciting time. And kids are doing year 12. These young men... And then you've got, you know, year 11 kids that are coming through as well. And, yeah, young players that might have missed last year's draft that are playing as overage players in the NAB League, et cetera, et cetera. So there's yeah, plenty of opportunities. Let's hope, let's hope by the end of the year we'll have plenty of list spots because uh, in the last two years there hasn't been that many new list spots, unfortunately. And that's another thing that we'll talk about across the journey is what will happen with AFL. This is a new CBA in a couple of years. So will are we going to get expand, ex, extended list? But there could be... Or reduced list. Reduced list, given that Tassie are going to come in. There's a talk of a 20th team as well. So there's so many different machinations. We're going to talk about some of the players that are putting their name up in lights at this stage. But you mentioned the relationship you need to have uh, with recruiters and list managers. And one of those who's almost been around as long as you, 18 years He's been uh, either the head of recruiting or the list manager at the Collingwood Footy Club. Uh, couldn't uh, perfect place to start with our first guest on Future Stars for Bravo Management, Derek Hine, who's been at the forefront of Collingwood's recruiting. Think the names more: Dugowie, Pendlebury, Grundy, Sidebottom, you name it. This man was the one that got them to the club. Derek Hine, hello to you, mate. How are you guys? We're going well. Uh, we're going well, Decker. Great to have you on. Uh, Footy's back and back in a big way. It's been a pretty barren couple of years, though, unfortunately, for these young players with a lack of games. Yeah, it certainly has. It's, um, you know, I mean, just the dynamics of, you know, the, everyone's had to navigate, you know, you know with um, with COVID and the lack of travel and all those sorts of things. It's um, it's certainly been a, a, a challenging environment for all and, and no more than the clubs and, and obviously the players themselves, particularly the Victorian boys, um, I was over in that, uh, Perth on the weekend, probably for the first time for two years, and I was saying to the boys when I got across here, I've forgotten how long it is, how far it is. So, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's but it's as, as you guys have just mentioned, it's great to be back and you know being able to get out and view these lads live. It's um, you know even just for their own um, knowledge to know that there's actually clubs in the in the stands watching them as opposed to sitting in their lounge room and watching it on a TV or or a laptop. How have you gone with all your staff? Because, I mean, obviously there were footy department issues and, I mean, your recruiting team, I assume, was decimated like a lot of uh, lot of other clubs when the football department spend was, in my view, I've got my own opinion on it. I thought it was ridiculous how much they cut it. But anyway, there were there were people that, that suffered on the back of it. How, how has it gone for you with your team itself? Because mm. you can't get to every game, clearly. So you've got to have a, yeah. a group of people across the country that, that are spotting these kids. Yeah, well, in terms of our full-time staff, we had um, just on four full-time staff, and that was pretty much cut back to me. So we went from four down to one. And, and each club, you know, the interstate clubs tend to have a few more staff because they like to have a couple 
in their in their home state and and obviously um, and in Victoria and so on. But um, like in, in our case, we were just so fortunate that um, we've got a, a really uh, experienced group of um, uh, spotters, part you know volunteers. Basically, they they're doing it for not even petrol money, and um, we were really really fortunate fortunate we had it. A really solid, solid team behind us, and they've been with us for a long period of time. Some of them have been recruiting longer than I had, so that that held us in good stead. But um, you know, each club have got their own story, but it, it certainly was, um, as you guys have alluded to, a really challenging time. So, Derek, it might sound like a very broad question, but it's a good place to start. Just exactly what goes in to your recruiting and headhunting and talent ID process from the start of the year? How many different variables? How many different ways are you discovering people? Are the parents sending videos of the kid in action? Are you just having footy clubs emailing and go, I've got a kid, you've got to come and see? Um, are you hearing whispers here or you've got people scouring the lands there or looking at, you know, uh, interleague teams that are coming through? How does it all work? Yeah, well, the, I mean, obviously the process starts, you know, at the 15, 16-year-old level, which which we, we call the futures. And um, me, myself personally, and, and, you know, most of the managers wouldn't have an enormous amount of intel in terms of the players themselves. Um, we, ha- we have uh, staff that look solely after that, um, you know, and, and they'll rank and, and um, give us a bit of a broadsheet of what, what's coming up and, and that that's really important for the obvious reason so you can potentially train your trade and draft strategy around that so i'll go to um the nationals under 16 to under 17 championships and and look but not so much in the player per se but more the shape of the draft so is it a tall draft or is is it a well-balanced draft and 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 we can we can then potentially go like okay well you know, looking at this year's draft, there's going to be, you know, there's a, probably a, a few taller drafts in the, sorry, a few taller players in the first round. So, you know, we don't necessarily have to trade in at all, those sorts of things. So so it's it, it's a sort of a broad um, base of knowledge that you're trying to garner, not so much player, you know, this player's better than that player, so to speak, and ranking the players. It's, it's more, more the... Um, the balance of the draft in, in terms of tall, smalls and mediums. So you think this year will be a really balanced draft with a bit at the top end that are going to be of the of the tall, uh-huh. taller side? I was just talking to some of that. Oh, there, there certainly is guys like Buzzlinger and Lemmy, um, Hayes and Cheezle. Cheezle's probably not a tall. He's sort of more that hybrid tall. But um, there's certainly um, a group of talls that could potentially find themselves in that sort of top 10 to 15 bracket. But I was talking to someone today that, um, you know, and, and again, given the ramifications around COVID, school footy and all these sorts of things, certainly I feel in my time that this year's Australian Championships are probably the most important group of games that we've seen in a really long period of time in terms of how we're going to be able to assess the talent, particularly the Victorian talent. Um and where they stack up in the market. It's um, purely on the fact that these guys just haven't played. They haven't been involved in an elite system for any period of time for the obvious reasons. Um, at least last year's group, you know, they had sort of had a bottom age year. These these guys, you know, were playing back at um, some beads went home. So they haven't actually been in a 
in a loop pathway. So it's um, it, it's going to be really, really important for. I mean, it, it, the achievements are important yeah, anyway because yeah. it's the best. But you know, I, I can't in my time. I can't. I can't think about a group of games that is going to have so much ramifications in terms of the draft. Given the given the the lack of football the Victorian boys have had for the last two seasons, I find it. This is my view. I'm not sure what your thoughts are. I'd love to know, but. I find it staggering that we've got through a month of NAB League and now we're having a three-week break and they're going back to play local footy, the kids that aren't at private schools. I, to me, that just seems like an opportunity wasted. Yeah, it makes it difficult. There's, there's no two, two ways about that. But unfortunately, that's the um, the system that, you know, the, the boys and the clubs and um, you know, have all got to deal with. And I think a little bit, when you look at the, the amount of clubs that are going interstate, um, I've been to interstate the last three or last four weekends, I think, and I, I, I've been really taken back how well the the South Australian program has been in place. And credit where it's due, they've they've really put in place a really well structured program. Um, the 16s are now aligned with the 18s in in, in the domestic camp competition. I'm talking the sample. Um, so there's the 16s, the 18s, the reserves, and the seniors. Yeah. So there's a real flow of talent. There's a real funnel, if you like. Um, so it it makes it so much easier, for, a from the from the identification perspective, but also the development perspective. And um, credit where credit due, I think they've they've put a fantastic program in place. And you know, each state have got their own systems and processes and all that sort of stuff. But um, you know, I, I've found that the, the South Australian program's been fantastic. You know, I, I think I, I was at the West Adelaide game, West Adelaide Norwood game last, or the week before last, and I got there for half of the under-16s program, the under-16s game, and, you know, you sit back and you look at, oh, geez, you know, he looks all right, he looks all right, he looks all right, and, and there's a real focus on AFL tight in terms of the, the athlete they're bringing into their programs, yeah. and... Um, yeah, as I say, all credit to Speaking to Derek Hine from the Collingwood Football Club on future stars for Bravo Management. Derek, 18 years with Collingwood List Management Recruiting. Derek, what you're talking about, the new setup um, of, of the, the, the NAB League and the way in which these players are now having to play for a bit, then go back for a bit, and then you're talking about just how rock solid the, the South Australian and the West Australian program is. I think it's around 60% on average kids uh, drafted are from Victoria and has been. So Victoria has pretty much dominated the draft for a long time now. Do you believe that with the way in which those programs are starting to shift and change, that we're going to see less Victorian kids drafted um, because of the way that the current structure is? Oh, the proof will be in the pudding, but potentially, yeah. Um, I think there was a, an increase in, I haven't got the numbers for you, but I, I know there was an increase in South Australian boys drafted um, last year. Yeah, there um, was, yep. Out, out of Western Australia too, I think there was seven or eight taken in the first 40-odd. Um, so that's, you know, what's that, almost 25% of the first 40, 40-odd players were taken. And then, and then as you know, the South Australian boys were, were really... So I... I um, I wouldn't see so much of a shift. I think that there will be a shift. There has to be a shift, doesn't there? Hey, just on Absolutely another... there does. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree with what you're saying, especially if they're set up as well as, as what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And it's, look, it's, um, as I say, I look, I, I, 
I can I can can't speak highly enough the way they run their programs. It's um, you know even just the way they fix you the program so you can go and so it allows you to get in, view the talent, and then get out and potentially be into Melbourne. And it's just been able to try and maximise your time. Yeah. Um, because you know clearly they've sat back and they've said well. You know, with you know, I'm making an assumption on this that they've, they've sat back and gone, look, these guys, you know, let's let's make it as easy as easy for them as possible to be able to view as much challenge as they can in any given period of time, and um, so we're not running here, there, and everywhere. You know, given that you know it's hard enough when we have a full book of staff, but let alone the cuts that we've had to go through. Derek, we, uh, we were mentioning before we started chatting to you that it's a really interesting time in, in the footy landscape. The, the current CBA is about to get renegotiated. Uh, the TV rights deal is going to finish up in a couple of years. Uh, so that'll mean things will be restructured again uh, with how they divvy the money and things like that uh, with the women's competition too. Tassie, it looks like it's uh, almost a fait accompli. And then there's even talk of a 20th team. And when those things start to get discussed, the, the general talk then says goes to, well, do we have enough depth of talent? Now, you've got your finger on the pulse uh, all around the country on the depth of talent. And then we talk about, well, will this be reduced to make sure we don't you know, cut too deep into that uh, talent pool? Do we have the depth of talent that would sustain, in your eyes, a, a 19th and even 20th team? Um. If you plan for it, I, I, I think, you know, potentially. But, um, you know, obviously if that was a case, less size would have to come down, I would have thought. Um, but if if you use Tasmania as an example, um, you know, their talent programs need to be adhered to now. Um, we can't have an exodus of players um, leaving Tasmania to go to, you know, Melbourne-based schools and Adelaide-based schools. Um, on scholarships, we we need to. If I, I'm making an assumption that license coming in here, mind you, yeah. But um, we we need to be able to put systems and processes to attract a to keep the talent in the state, and b to be able to attract that talent into the state. So what I mean by that is that well, okay, well, if we're fair thinking about bringing in, um, uh, you know, this 19th license that. I would be sort of looking at, well, okay, well, let's look at the best 15, 16-year-old boys in the country and make it attractive for them to come to Tasmania on a scholarship-based program in a school where we can... And then look at how we can bring in elite coaches into the state to be able to address that. Um, And, you know, so by implementing implementation of the licence, whether that be in 2025 or wherever, all of a sudden you've got, you know, a pool of potentially 20 rolled gold um, year old talent that, that's actually there. You can, so that that's your starting base and then, and then you can, you know, develop your academy in the state and all that. So if it's done properly, I, I think that um, you can, but you have to start sowing the seed now. We can't, we can't, it can't be like we're just planting a seed and not watering it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, exactly what you mean. Hey, look, we mentioned earlier, Decker, before we let you go, the mid-season draft's only three weeks away, really. So it's, a, it's the 1st of June. So at the moment, and I know it's hard to get a handle on who's actually got picks and who is going to have picks by the time it starts, but by my calculations, it's Carlton Fremantle, Geelong, Hawthorne and Sydney have got picks right now, yeah. as we sit here now. And there are others that have got injuries, like Adelaide potentially with Rory Sloan. Yeah, Gold yep. Coast with Ben King, St Kilda with Nick Caulfield, yep. and even you guys with Kruger and 
How many picks do you think there will be? Uh, and if that being the case, what sort of player or players are likely to be picked up in that mid-season draft? Um, well, in terms of us, we've got obviously Nathan, who's um, out for the year. So we've certainly we've got the potential. Um, and I think we'll go down that path, but nothing's been decided as yet. But I think it's more likely than unlikely. Yep. Um, in terms of, well, you've got that group of 19 year old boys that are running around in the, in the BFL. Um, your lad, Max Ramsden, who's sort of, he's, he's come in and, and more than shown that he's capable. So they're those types. And then there's the, um, the, the more mature age talent that clubs may address a need. Um, and I reckon, yeah, I'm making an assumption here that most clubs that would be, that the there would be two questions. A, are we in the window or are we in, in the potential where we're going to compete and we have a deficiency, whether it be a key back, forward, mid or whatever. Um, and there's a, another group, like you, I mean, for us, for example, in the last few years, we um, we weren't in that window clearly, but um, we looked at it as a, you know, as a bit of a jump on the national draft and, and brought in this year, we brought in, sorry, last year we brought in Aiden Begg and Ash Johnson. Yeah. And then um, the previous year we brought in John Noble. So it's sort of a bit of, more of a... Um, situation analysis of where do you, where do you potentially see your group and I, I me personally you know, I, I don't like to be able to I wouldn't like to bring in a player for just a three month period and then send him on his way yeah, bit long term player's name out I, I would see that there's a basically a draft a two year contract and away we go uh, Derek been absolutely brilliant chatting to you we really appreciate your time I'm just going to get you to just say the name so the one player that he's whenever not gonna, he's not no 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 the one player that you look back over your eighteen year career oh. where everybody sort of went really that's the guy you're going with turned out to be an absolutely inspired pick and whenever you hear their name it just puts a little smile on your face because you're like yeah that's one of, that's my guy even though we didn't play many games <laughs> no. uh, who do you oh. think is it is it what about Pendles you found Pendles yeah yeah but oh, Jack Ginnivan's been a bloody good find as a rookie by the way. Well, he could be. I mean, he's a lot of water to go under the bridge. But, yep. I mean, I mean, obviously, Scotty and those sorts of guys have been terrific. And, and, and you mentioned Jack, and I had a really close relationship with Marty Clark. You know, did, you know if, you, if you actually, you know, see where Marty come from in Ireland, and, and then within 12 months, he's playing in front of 100,000 in the final. The MCG was just an incredible story. Unfortunately, you know, injuries or illness got him in the end, but... Yeah, there's oh look, there's been so many that you know that have been you know really it's really pleasing. Like even young Aiden Beg playing on the weekend for us, like he's only played one game, but you know he's just you know I think that he can he could potentially be someone special as well. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't like to name names, but um, <laughs> I know they're all, they're all, they're all been pretty special. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Derek, been fascinating insight. We really appreciate you enlightening us on the process that goes in to recruiting, how it all works, how it unfolds, and you build up to the draft. Uh, good luck with the mid-season. Uh, good luck for the rest of the year, and we'll uh, speak to you again through uh, the rest of the season on Future Stars. No worries, lads. Have a good night. Thanks, Digger. Uh, Derek Hine, uh, recruiter, uh, list manager, 18 years at the Collingwood Footy Club, and some of those names more to go. He 
Pendlebury, Grundy, side bottom. You had uh, to put Ginnivan in because he's your mates with his old man. Right? I knew you were going to do that. Well, we played we played a year of footy together. Oh, here we go. Well, you, he was the coach and you were the reserves player, I believe. <laughs> well, I'm just uh, <laughs> up and down. I was just up and down. <laughs> uh, very good. It's a good insight because I think it people was. out there will enjoy the fact that what these recruiters go through and what they have to actually do mm. to, to – you know, oh, why did they pick him? Why'd they, well, they do a lot of work. They oh, put a fair bit of work in. The, the amount of cases I've got to cover are now with limited resource. And limited. that's why I asked the question, you know, with, with the lack of, with what's been taken away from them, how are they? Fi- I mean, I know that the, that the you've got your, your, your traditional ways in which, whether it be the, the under 16 NAB squads and then the Vic that, squads yeah. and all that. But but how, when you're cottoning on to them early, how are you getting, you know, clued up about, well, I've got one for you. Yeah. Uh, it's they, fascinating. They find them. They yep. find them under rocks. I'm telling you. Now we've got to finish up, uh, and that's it. it, it time flies when time you're having fun. Flies. But what we want to do at the end of every show, if we haven't already, is yep. just give a name. Give a name of a young player that's coming through uh, that people should write down, go and have a look at in a, in a NAB League game or in a, in a South Australian uh, under 18s game or a waffle, and just to keep an eye on that might be. Uh, well, I'll, one for I'll the give future. you. I'll give you one of yep. mine that I think will. Will be a chance in the mid-season draft, which De- Derek Hine, Decker just ma- mentioned, Maxie Ramsden, who's come from nowhere. His uncle Andrew was a legend of the, of the Victorian amateurs. Uh, played for Old Trinity, uh, and he's uh, he's developed so well. He's played school footy last year after playing basketball. He's played four or five games in NAB League, I think four games only. And uh, yeah, he's just one that's he's a, he's two hundred and three centimetre big athletic ruckman, and he's got a lot of clubs talking about him at the moment. Uh, I'll give you one. Who? From the Bendigo Pioneers. Yeah, who, of course. Yeah, that's all you ever look at. <laughs> Noah Bendigo. Long. Yeah, he's 178 nice centimetres. Really hard worker. Inside mid. Finds plenty of Very it. Real nice clean player. hands. A footballer's footballer. He attacks the contest with ferocity because we breed him tough. Yeah, he's, no, he's, a good, no, he's a very good Ferocious, player. tough, consistent competitor. Keep an eye on Noah Long. He's the Caulfield Grammar boy. Yeah, Noah Long, he's been a Caulfield Grammar. He's a good player. Absolutely. Good player. Hey, this has been a lot of fun. We'll a do it next week. Fun. We'll do it again next week. Absolutely. Future stars for Bravo Management. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.